Hello again, and welcome back to the Slow Flowers Podcast with Deborah Prinzing. This is episode 590. This is the weekly podcast about slow flowers and the people who grow and design with them. It's all about making a conscious choice, and I invite you to join the conversation and the creative community as we discuss the vital topics of saving our domestic flower farms and supporting a floral industry that relies on a safe, seasonal, and local supply of flowers and foliage. This show is brought to you by slowflowers.com, the free online directory to more than 850 florists, shops, and studios who design with local, seasonal, and sustainable flowers. And to the farms that grow those blooms, it's the conscious choice for buying and sending flowers. And thank you to our lead sponsor, Farm Girl Flowers, Farm Girl Flowers delivers iconic burlap wrap bouquets and lush, abundant arrangements to customers across the U.S., supporting U.S. flower farms by purchasing more than $10 million of U.S.-grown fresh and seasonal flowers and foliage annually. Discover more at farmgirlflowers.com. And thank you to Details Flowers Software, a platform specifically designed to help florists and designers do more and earn more. With an elegant and easy-to-use system, Details is here to improve profitability, productivity, and organization for floral businesses of all shapes and sizes. Grow your bottom line through professional proposals and confident pricing with Details all in one platform. All friends of the Slow Flowers podcast will receive a seven-day free trial of Details Flowers software. You can learn more at detailsflowers.com. Today, I'm delighted to welcome artist, educator, friend, and Slow Flowers member Francoise Weeks back to the Slow Flowers podcast. Francoise was born in Belgium, and she has infused her work with a quintessential European reverence for flowers and nature. Combined with creativity and mechanical ingenuity, Francoise has crystallized her singular style of textural woodlands and botanical haute couture pieces, garnering a global following of students. Francoise's studio is located in Portland, Oregon. Her innovation and love of teaching have brought her to classrooms all around the globe and here at home in the U.S. Her dynamic work has been published in Fusion Flowers, Modern Wedding Flowers, Huffington Post, Flutter, and many other publications. Francoise's generosity of knowledge and perspective in using floral materials, her structure and mechanics, in addition to the business of being a florist, unite to create rigorous and exciting learning opportunities for her students to explore all that nature has to offer. I've invited Francoise to join us in the studio today to talk about her newest online course, Forage Design, which recently launched. The curriculum covers decor for the home, events, and everything in between. The inventive projects include eggplant, pear, and artichoke arrangements, a unique vase arrangement, four botanical napkin rings, an embellished wine bottle with a floral ribbon, and a framed woodland-inspired wallscape. I'll share the link for you to find all of Francoise's online offerings in our show notes for episode 590 at slowflowerspodcast.com. There you'll also be able to watch the replay video of our conversation as Francoise and I discuss forage design, her philosophy, and her favorite materials and techniques. And you'll catch the short video trailer for the course Forage Design. So let's jump right in and get started.
Well, hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Slow Flower Show with Deborah Prinzing. I have a very special return guest today, our good friend, Francoise Weeks. Hi, Francoise. Hi, Deborah. How are you doing? I'm great. I'm great. This is like a fun uh, holiday treat to spend time with you. You're in your Portland studio surrounded by all kinds of woodland finds, which I'm assuming most were foraged or gathered on your journeys. Yeah, uh, a lot of them. <laughs> I'm really lucky uh, here at the Portland Flower, Flower Market, there are uh, two or three uh, local vendors who have permits to go forage uh, in the woods uh, here in Oregon or uh, in Southern Washington. Mm -hmm. And so I have gotten a lot of really cool uh, pieces of wood uh, from them uh, and also all kinds of very, very cool textures on top of what I forage at a friend, a friend's gardens. <laughs> so these um, permits come from like the, the Department of Forestry or the land. I guess. Yeah, the yeah, state. I, mm -hmm. And yeah. isn't it isn't it cool that like you're so well known about what your pre preferences are that they have kind of a standing order to find the groovy stuff for Francoise? <laughs> well, it's actually really funny. There is this one fellow. He's his name is Sandy, and he's he must be in his mid eighties, and he has been at the market for a really long time, and he wrote, totally gets what I like. And so I'll ask him, mm, uh, can you get me some curly bark or can you get me some fungi or whatever? And then the next week he he comes with a, a flat just full of it. It's it's fantastic. Boxes of treasures, right? Yeah. Because you can't always go out in the woods. I know you like to do that, but you can't always, you know, be hiking a mountain to find what you like to design with. Yeah, I don't, um, to be real honest with you, uh, and I hike quite a bit, I typically don't uh, pick up things when I'm yeah. hiking. Uh, I observe, Yeah. I look, I'm inspired by what I see, um, but I, you know, I might pick up some lichen that's on the path or something mm -hmm. like that. Right, you know? but you're, it sounds like you're trying to um, be respectful of the yeah whatever do not take away even when you yeah. go to the beach or the woods don't don't take away what you what you could just leave for the natural evolution of the place right i i think that you know anything that's on the path is uh up for grabs yeah i think that that's kind of how i look at it mm -hmm. or like at the beach uh at cape mears at the oregon coast there is so much driftwood there um, and I do go there yeah. and pick up some pieces of driftwood, but it's just a fraction of what's out there. Yeah. Know? Yeah. Well, that's so interesting because your new course, which is what prompted me to ask you if you would record an interview with me, mm -hmm. um, it's just launched and it's called Forage Design, uh, correct? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, right. And I made me wonder, like, how do you define foraging? Because it's sort of... Um, it's place specific you could forage in different ways as you were saying at the beach or in the mountains or in your own garden yeah. or or with professionals who have permits so right. but all of the above or do you kind of have a personal uh de definition of foraging 
So um, for me, it's foraging is whatever I find, like you mentioned, whether it's in my garden or in friends' gardens, I'm very, very lucky to be friends with quite a few uh, people who are, I can call them plant nerds. Plant nerds, yeah. Well, back to your idea of being an observer. You see... You see what catches your eye when you're out in nature. Yeah, exactly. And because my work has always been so incredibly inspired by nature, it just really appeals to me um, to uh, to use materials that I that are in gardens or in you know that weren't grown um, in in huge quantities yeah. uh, by uh, by farmers. Uh, I am the first one to say, though, that when I did weddings, and I did a ton of weddings for 17 years, that I didn't really harvest from my garden. I, I live on a small city lot, and it was my garden. I wasn't going to pick all kinds of things for uh, for clients. But since I don't do weddings anymore, and I basically uh, do uh, I do photo shoots, and I teach, so it's always small quantities that I need, I do pick a lot from my garden and uh you know and and I do yeah. go to friends and garden. you invite yourself to your friends you know yeah. <laughs> I was I was thinking about that Francoise it's like your um your focus as a designer and an artist has changed so you're not having to do multiples of right. identical centerpieces everything mm-hmm. is one of a kind with you and that's mm-hmm. why you're able to be so more so much more responsive to one branch or one piece of bark. Uh, you couldn't do that for a, for a wedding, uh, although I'm sure you put your spin I did, on I it. Did. <laughs> I actually did. I always would tell brides I'm incapable of doing the same centerpiece 20 times over. <laughs> They're all going to be a little bit different. <laughs> no matchy matchy. Yeah. Well, yeah. thank goodness that, you know, that you had clients who loved your aesthetic and thought that was, mm-hmm. I mean, that's a bonus to get 21 yeah. of a kind centerpieces. Yeah. Um, well, you have been teaching um, these online courses uh, more than I thought. I mean, I thought you'd done one or two. And when I went and looked at your website, I saw that you've had like seven or eight of these. Mm-hmm. Can you talk a little bit about how this this opportunity to teach online has really allowed you to reach more people and maybe reach more people because the prices are uh, more affordable than having to travel to take a workshop with you. Right. So this whole um, uh, uh, project came about about five years ago. And um, so I'm 70 years old. And at the time when I was in my mid sixties or earlier sixties, uh, several people would say to me, you know, Francoise, what if you can't travel? Because I make a living by teaching when I travel. And uh, you really should have plan B. And as a total introvert, the idea of doing online classes was totally out of the question. <laughs> so uh, it took me two years to have the courage to do it. And I found an incredible uh, videographer. Um, and so we launched on this adventure. We actually, the first one we did was on woodland design. And then it kind of grew and we did botanical uh, um, wearables and wedding wearables and all that kind of stuff. And um, and to be real honest with you, I am so grateful that I did have the courage to make that huge step five years ago because uh, um, 
the sales of the uh, videos literally saved my business during COVID. Uh, of course, all my work disappeared. And uh, I never, ever thought that I wouldn't be able to travel. Right. Oh, my gosh. How many, how many uh, in-person travel-related workshops were canceled in 2020? Like uh, every about, single thing on your calendar, right? Yeah, about 15. Wow. I traveled pre-COVID. I was traveling between 15 to 20 times. And so the, uh, the last one, you, you and I were there uh, in uh, uh, in. Um, at Trend, uh, in Trend Vancouver, Summit in Vancouver. Trend Summit Vancouver. Uh, and that was the last one. Wait, can I just stop for a second? That was, yeah. I came home on March 15th to Seattle by, by car. Did you fly home from Vancouver? I did. I did. Was it, it weird? Was, it was super stressful. <laughs> it was so stressful. I, I'm sure. Uh, I think we were, it was like the last day that we could get out of the country. Yes, because the border closed two days after I came home. I think yeah. you you stayed for Gregor's workshop, right? And then right. you all had to like race out of the country. Oh my gosh! Can you imagine, Francoise? You would have been <laughs> grounded <laughs> in Vancouver. Not a bad place to be grounded, but still. Well, yeah. okay. So you came back from Vancouver and started having all these events canceled. At the time, did you already have some online courses? Yeah, at the time we had two online courses. And then, uh, of course, my videographer lost all his work, too. So during COVID, we actually um, chose to take the risk to do some more uh, uh, videos. And Mark and Cody would come here to the studio and they would be masked. And uh, we got super, super lucky. Nobody got sick. What, do you have a camera person and a sound person, basically? Uh, so uh, Mark has a, a lot of incredible equipment and he has uh, Cody uh, uh, collaborates with him. And then we basically for two days uh, and after we we're done filming, uh, Teresa, my photographer comes in and she takes pictures. And so it's all part of the, oh. you know, this whole video thing. And uh uh, and for marketing purposes. It's a so, beautiful package. Uh, but when I started, uh, yeah, they, um, he, I totally, totally looked at uh, finding him and collaborating with him. And and so I, I started to teach again uh, in person uh, last year in April, uh, in, uh, in August. And um, I noticed from the really from that first workshop uh, that the demographic had changed. It had pre was mostly professionals who came to the workshops. Uh, there always, not always, even sometimes there were people who were not in the industry but just wanted to learn. Um, and all of a sudden, it changed. Mm. It was mostly people who were interested in learning something different and new and uh actually very few people <clears throat> who were in the industry who mm. were attending and it was like that workshop after workshop after workshop so i mentioned it to mark and mark said well the next time we do a, a video maybe we should gear it more to what people can do at home mm. and what they can get from their gardens and what they can uh you know how to learn to look in their garden besides the beautiful blooms that they have 
And that's how the whole project kind of came about. The, the forage, um, the forage design the, course the that you for, just launched. That's so interesting. I wonder, and did you notice with, with this shift in people taking your workshops that it, it, we heard so much about uh, the need to connect with nature during COVID, like yeah. somehow people, right. their busy lives slowed down and they were forced to do that. Do you think that was related to what you were seeing? I have no idea. It was just so uh, striking to me. And the other thing that really struck me too, pre-COVID, the age range was pretty wide for people who attended. Um, you know, not that I would ask for people's age, but I mean, it's pretty obvious. You yeah. know, somebody in their 20s or in their 50s. And post-COVID, um, I've had a lot of people who've come who are in their 50s and 60s, the oldest student I had was 87 years old. Never and stop so, learning, right? I love it. I mean, it's, it's, really, it's really interesting and cool. And so um, because a lot of the people who, uh, who take the workshop, uh, yeah, the workshops don't have access to flower markets. Um, that's why I just wanted to um, to share how much they can actually get from their garden or friends' gardens, or uh, if they have a friend who have who has a, a woodland property or whatever, you know how much you can actually, um, how many treasures you can find there, and then make beautiful things without having to buy, you know, right. uh, a lot of flowers. Right. So the projects yeah. in the course, there's certain i don't know 10 up to 10 projects that are taught through several modules and how did you did you kind of use things that you had previously designed and reimagine them for the non-professional or were um, they kind of so easy to do I, so i never really uh so there's one on uh, vegetables using vegetables at containers uh i did a, an eggplant uh um an artichoke and a pear. And when I did weddings, it's actually something that I did on a, I didn't do it a lot, but I did it many, many times. Uh, people who had uh, uh, bistro tables, they were like the perfect small arrangement for bistro tables and people loved them. And it was kind of a, a conversation thing, you know, right. oh, you use an artichoke, you know, whatever. It's brilliant. So, yeah. So I brought that up and Mark liked that idea. Um, uh, a few years ago, I started to, just for fun, to uh, see how I could decorate um, uh, wine bottles. And I thought that that would be a really fun thing uh, to show. Um, so people, especially at this time of the year, a lot of people give uh, wine <clears throat> as a gift, how you can decorate it and make it a little more special yeah. already. <clears throat> and then um, the one on, uh, let's see. Oh, and then another one that I came up with was uh, to do uh, napkin decorations, uh, napkin holder decorations. Um, just very small projects. You yeah. hardly need any product, but it kind of really brightens up uh, or makes <clears throat> makes a table setting uh yeah. Instead of just folding a napkin. And you've shared yeah. some of these photos with me. So we'll we'll share them um both uh, when this replays and also yeah. on uh the show notes at soulflowerspodcast.com. But um it's it's really in a way you're kind of you, you tr to me, you're like 
the arts and crafts era artist where you embellish every surface, like every Mm -hmm. utilitarian object is Mm -hmm. potentially something to be flowered or to be Mm -hmm. enhanced with, with a three-dimensional tactile design, because that's how you see the world. And I love that. Yeah. I made a little, you know, just because it's uh, of the season, I made a little napkin holder here. Oh, lovely. So, you know, I mean, super simple. Uh, you just glue a few leaves. Uh, I, I used um, a one inch uh, um, aluminum wire from uh, from Oasis, but you can, if you don't have that, you can just use 18 gauge wire and, uh, you know, connect the wire and then you bend it and then you cover it with leaves and then you glue a few Oh my goodness. And it's sort of like a cuff in that it can, it can be tightened around a thicker or thinner. um, I love it. And so um, let's look at that more closely. What do you have on there that you, you shared? It's so cute. You've got some pods and some, some flower. Hold, yeah. Hold that up again. Oh, acorns, holly, cedar. Yeah. What's the um? What's the berry? Is that from a Nandina? Uh, it's uh, um. I'm not quite sure. Uh, okay. It, yeah, I'm not quite sure. I got it at the flower market from a local grower. <laughs> and uh, what are the? I kind of got into my latest obsession is uh, wood shavings. I have a friend whose husband uh, does woodwork, and I get all the wood shavings, and I just love. Oh, they're like little tendrils. Oh, how creative! Oh, I love yeah, it. Did so, you just use salal uh, uh, leaves to cover the, the metal? Yeah, but you can use any. It's like if you have a camellia shrub or you have a rhododendron or, you know, whatever uh, is evergreen. At the yeah, broadleaf evergreen. Like yeah. Wow. Yeah. And then those, what do you tell people, like they'll last for a week probably, won't they, in most cases? <clears throat> so something like this, uh, I actually made it uh, last week, Friday. Wow. And I haven't touched it. Wow. So if you don't use the flowers, it's like in the videos, uh, I have four different uh, uh, ideas on how to do uh, the, the napkin holders. Uh, a couple of them are in water tubes. So you cover the water tube with a leaf or with paper thin bark or something like that. Uh, um, or there's one where I use um, uh, a cymbidium orchid. Well, cymbidium orchids do fine out of water for two or three days. Wow. Yeah. So you can totally make these, uh, these little napkin holders, you know, two or three days before your party. Right. Right. Or if you're really ambitious and you're having several dinner parties back to back, (laughs) you've got your table decor for the whole week. What's your, um, you do a couple, uh, uh, centerpieces or arrangements, um, in the course, are they all in vegetables or are there some in, in vessels? Yeah, yeah. So, so the ones in the the, uh, the vegetables, um, the, the centerpieces are the vegetable ones. Okay. Uh, so those are the only centerpiece ones. And then the fourth one that I make uh, that I elaborate upon uh, is um, the framed the the little woodland scapes. Yes. So this is something that I started to do, and I used to use a different way of going about it uh, when I started about five years ago. Uh, but I found these wooden frames um, at uh, uh, at an art supply place in the neighborhood, um, or you can buy them online. And they uh, they just perfect, just a plain wooden frame. Um, 
with a backing. So I hot glue moss on it. And then I hot glue uh, all these textures. And this is one that I made a month ago. Oh, good. I want to see it. So this is, again, the frame is generally easy to find at a craft store. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Wow. So, see, so this is a little bit bigger than the one that I made. Oh, my goodness. Oh, Francoise, it's it's so dimensional. It's like a, it's almost like a diorama. So it really, for me, these lines are all about um, making a little landscape on the yes. surface. Yes. So like here, uh, I, um, here, this is uh, a little fern that's in a two-inch pot. And so you water it once a week or once every three days, whatever. I've used uh, little two-inch um, Philanopsis orchids, and they'll last in the frame like for three or four weeks. And then uh. you can take them out. And uh, But all the rest here, you know, in this one, uh, it's all the succulents, all these things. They kind of, um, of course, they they're fine, like on a covered porch or something, where they're getting a yeah. little bit of moisture, right? <clears throat> yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then, if you want, I have done nothing to this except uh, watering the fern a little bit. Uh, you can spritz the the succulents and the tillandsia once yeah. a week, once every two weeks. But they're just glued with a a little bit of uh, cold okay. glue. Is that correct? Hot glue or cold glue. Okay. I actually use hot glue for the succulents too now. Yeah. You know, there was such a shortage of um, cold glue for a year. Uh, it was real, <laughs> it was kind of a problem for what I do. Yeah, and I heard so, that a lot of people were, were uh, having yeah. panicking about what to do about no glue. And so uh, yeah. I, I switched for a lot of things with hot glue. And, uh, you know, of course, all the inert pieces, you know, like the... Uh, the lichens and all that stuff is totally fine. And then I tried it on succulents, and they're they're fine too. That's interesting. How yeah. heavy? How heavy is that though? That's a pretty pretty substantial yeah, piece. It, it's it's not very heavy. It's you know the frame is not heavy. Uh, this mushroom here that I harvested in Wisconsin when I was teaching there that's a little heavy, but for the rest. It's really not all that heavy. Okay. Wow. So that's a little larger uh, than that's a little larger than the one in the in the course, but yeah. it's um the the idea is the same. Yeah. You you yeah. have a, a frame and then you create a landscape in it. And it, it, I think you're really it's giving people permission to be artists when they probably don't consider themselves artists, right? Are you finding yeah. that? It's it's amazing what you can create. Um, with these very simple elements and how beautiful it is and without spending a lot of money either. Yeah, right, right. Because most of these things um, are, if somebody is going to gather from a, the garden, they're going to be, their heads will be down. They're going to be looking on the ground for what has dropped off of trees. And right. <clears throat> you're one of those yeah. people who likes it when there's a storm, I think. Yeah, I'm one of them. <laughs> That's when I go walk in the neighborhood with a bag because I've collected so many uh, lichen-covered branches, mossy bits. Uh, and then, of course, uh, in the fall, uh, I've actually learned to remember where the oak trees are and where the, the ginkgo trees are and uh, where the gum trees are. 
and I go collect on the street. And you, you get know, the pods. I, yeah. And another thing that I really love to use are um, mushrooms. Mm-hmm. And so I go to uh, to the grocery store and I buy mushrooms and I bring them home and I put them on a paper towel on my bench. These are bigger mushrooms, so it takes about 10 days for them to dehydrate. Uh, small ones, it's like two days. Uh, but they add such a fun element to any design. So that is a, what kind of mushroom is that? Like just something you found in the in the Japanese uh, vegetable section? Uh, I go, uh, New Seasons, mm. uh, here, they sell these packages of three different kinds of mushrooms. I've They're seen not that. Made, therefore, I don't know what the name yeah. is. <laughs> I don't know my mushrooms either, but I think <laughs> like that is such a, like a classical fairy tale mushroom that you'd see in a children's storybook. Right. With the cat. And of it's... course, they shrink a lot, you know, just like when you cook mushrooms, they shrink a lot. And so they are a lot, lot smaller when they're uh, dried um, than when they're fresh. And then uh, I've observed over the years, you know, they they look fine. Uh, I, I can, you know, if I deconstruct an arrangement, I, I put them back in a box and I reuse it. And after about four to six months, they disintegrate. Okay. Okay. <laughs> you got, really you got you've got the money, your money's worth. How do they yeah. um that you can hot glue those too then? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, it's fabulous. So fabulous. It, it's, it's really, it's really about seeing things that I mean they've always been there, but to pay attention to them. You know, it's like this here, this I mean, how cool of a pod is this? You know, this honey locust. So I know of three trees in the neighborhood <laughs> that I go to in the fall to collect these. And then I collect a lot of them. So I have enough for, you know, several months. Um, but, you know, or like this, uh, I got this in the um, the garden of a friend. Uh, she, uh, it's, a, it's a meta sequoia. You know, oh, my this goodness. Huge tree. And it has these most beautiful uh, little cones you know um and so it's it's really about seeing yeah observing yeah and it's so interesting because there's such a a backlash now against single-use plastics but I think that extends to you know the things that you see at at craft stores where everything is like you could buy faux cones or you could buy faux oh. mushrooms and they're all you know they're all just made out of plastic or some kind of yeah. some kind of synthetic and um yes they probably last forever and they don't disintegrate in five or six months but what you're doing is celebrating <clears throat> all these wonderful gifts from nature oh. as art art supplies and it when you said deconstruct it made me realize oh None of this is throwaway. You you repurpose yeah. things. Oh yeah. So so it's like when I do a class, I always do samples. And after the class, I take it apart and I reuse. I mean, there is no reason to pitch yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, or if I do something for head pieces or whatever for a photo shoot, uh, if I use flowers in it, of course those won't, won't last, but I use very, very few flowers. I adore flowers, but I love to design with texture. Yeah, and so uh, I reuse uh, that stuff over and over and over and over again. 
Yeah. And also, um, it allows you to do things in the winter when there are fewer blooms. And yeah. so you're not you're not sitting around waiting for the hellebores to finally come out. And when they yeah. do, you use them. Yeah, um, exactly. And that's when, you know, like, you know, you will, I'll put them in a little water tube, you know, when they're mature enough that they will hold for, you know, once the seed pot starts forming, mm -hmm, that's when mm -hmm, you really should cut them. Mm -hmm. And they will last in a water tube for quite a long time. Yeah. yeah. It's, you know, or the muscari or the snowdrops or any of them. All. It's just so much fun. <laughs> you're, mentioning, you're mentioning all those little woodland uh, ephemera that, uh, <laughs> that you're drawn to. Um, can you talk a little bit about this course and how people uh, work their way through it? If you sign up, how many weeks does it take to finish the course or, you know, how do you have it structured? So I think, you know, I don't know exactly the length of the video. I think it might be close to two hours, an hour and a half or something like that. So um you uh when you sign up if you see uh it on on the on the uh, on instagram or whatever or on my website you you can sign up to get a, a free small video and then uh if you want to purchase it you know purchase it you have the information for a lifetime it never expires and then uh, you can rewatch it if you want to. You can just watch the first lesson if you want to. I mean, whatever. So it's super, super flexible. Um, I'm always happy to answer questions. So if there's something that you don't, you know, you have questions about, you don't really understand or whatever, just shoot me an email. Uh, and I'm always happy uh, to um to help out. And remember also, this is because a lot of the people who who purchase the videos do not live in Pacific Northwest. So what I use, it's what's available here, plus some goodies that people have sent me uh, from where they live. I, I'd be super lucky that way. Oh my goodness. Just, just look at what's available where you live. And this is something that I have enjoyed so much with all the traveling I've done. Because no matter where I go teach, the materials are always different. The flowers typically are similar, you know, because the, uh, uh, you know, there are some differences, but not huge differences. But what is different are the textures that are available. Mm, mm -hmm. And and so, uh, so just um, look around and see what you have in your garden or uh, what, what you can find wherever in your friend's garden, woods or, or whatever, and, and play with it. It's yeah. really, um, it's, there's no right or wrong. Yeah. You, you can't go wrong. What Mother Nature offers us is so beautiful. You just can't go wrong. <laughs> well, I find that, uh, okay, I I went into the course and I did download the, or watch the free um, the free mm -hmm. tutorial that is sort of a, a preview. And that was the wine bottle workshop or the wine bottle uh, oh, uh -huh. decor. Yeah. There's something about, watching you teach that's very meditative and very peaceful because you don't rush and you look at every I was so intrigued by how you looked at every single <clears throat> petal even or little tiny cone or little tiny sprig of something and made an intentional decision about adding it to that wrap on the wine bottle and the end end result is gorgeous but it wasn't a rushed project it was something that you Maybe you sip the glass of wine while you're decorating the wine bottle. Like it was a. 
it was a, a a time to celebrate all the ingredients. And I feel like that's a message that comes across in your teaching as well. You you it's this is not a production line. This is it, not a not mass produced. And it's so interesting because I can't even begin to tell you how many people have told me or asked me, so you must get really fast at this. And I go, I'm never fast because I never <clears throat> I never know what the end result is going to be. So it's basically all the ingredients that I have on the bench or behind me that dictate what the end result will be. And so there's a lot of looking around and, oh, this, well, would this work? No, this doesn't work. Maybe that work, you know, or whatever. And so, uh, of course, when I did weddings and I did woodlands for weddings and I had 20 centerpieces to make, I could not spend three hours on making it. Sure, sure. Uh, well, it is a meditative process, uh, learning from you. And I think the videos are the next best thing to being in person. And I love the fact that people can go back, refer to the projects and um, dip in and dip out, depending on what project they need to create for their tabletop or for their own wearables. Uh, It's really wonderful. (laughs) How many countries have your students come from, from around the globe? I, I don't, uh, you know, because it's my, um, my videographer who does all the marketing and they kind of have all that information, but I, they have told me it's people from all over. Uh, So it, that's the beauty of doing online. Uh, teaching is that you can reach so many people in so many different areas. Yeah. It's it's pretty cool. That's yeah. wonderful. Um, what are you designing for your uh, holiday tabletop this week? Anything fun for your home? Well, uh, we're going to go to uh, Ron's mom, who is in a nursing home. So okay. we're not, you know, we're <laughs> not really. That's not really an opportunity for that. You just need to go on to the bench behind you and pull something and put it on the dining table and it'll look like a magnificent centerpiece. (laughs) Yeah, you know, any piece of wood with some lichen and moss on it. It's just so beautiful. I love it. I know. I mean, Mother Nature is the best artist and you're tapping into Mother Nature with everything that you're doing. And it's I really love your style. And I think that your style has influenced thousands and tens of thousands of florists to change their definition of of what is a design ingredient it's not just flowers it's the full spectrum of what what you can find in nature Mm -hmm. absolutely yeah that's wonderful well we're going to share the information for registration for forged design Uh and um you know, you gave me a little trailer video, so we'll share that as well. And then um, hopefully people who are interested in this can check it out because the, the course just launched. So you haven't missed anything. It's it's a, per- a perpetual course, right? You can sign up anytime yeah, as well as all your other courses. <laughs> yeah. So, uh Yeah. Thank you so much for inviting me to be on the podcast and to share the information uh, you bet. with your listeners. I really, oh, really appreciate it. You bet, Francoise. And I feel like we're we're right in this uh, kind of period of time where people might have a week off between yeah. you know, Christmas and New Year's or during the New Year's break. And I would encourage everyone to just work with what you have and get experimental and <laughs> Um, if you post anything, tag Francoise so she can see it. 
Yeah, I would love to see it. <laughs> All right, we'll, it. we'll call it the Forge Design Challenge. <laughs> Okay, that sounds good. <laughs> okay, great. Happy New Year. I know I'll see you in the new year. And thank you so yeah. much for um, for sharing your just your inspiration with us today. It's it's a yeah. good good time of year to to not feel like you can't make beauty uh, with what you have, mm -hmm. you know, even though it's raining out yeah. or snowing out. Yeah. Thank you so much, Deborah. So okay. appreciated. Thanks, Francoise. We'll talk soon. Yeah, bye-bye. much for joining us today. I wanted to add a few more details courtesy of Francoise. There will be an end of year sale for her forage design course, but you need to be subscribed to gain access. So subscribe today. I'll include the link in today's show notes. If you're following Francoise on Instagram, you'll also catch more details at Francoise Weeks. And the links to all of her courses and other assets and resources are in her profile menu there. And an update about Francoise's forthcoming book, The Wonder of Woodlands, which will be published in spring of 2024. She shares this. It will show people how they can gather nature's treasures to create their own artful arrangements. The book is divided into chapters, each showcasing a common building block in my arrangements and suggesting a simple project. Since bark, logs, and branches form the background of my designs, I begin there. That's followed by chapters on moss, mushrooms, acorns, seed pods, lichen, and ferns. My primary goal is to teach readers to see the artistry contained in any natural landscape. Like me, I want them to see with a new pair of eyes. That's so much about what we just discussed today in the episode. So I find it really exciting to know her book will be coming out. We'll just have to wait for it till 2024. Our next sponsor thank you goes to Cal Flowers, the leading floral trade association in California, providing valuable transportation and other benefits to flower growers and to the entire floral supply chain in California and 48 other states. The association is a leader in bringing fresh cut flowers to the U.S. market and in promoting the benefits of flowers to new generations of American consumers. You can learn more at CAFGS.org. Well, there's still a few days left to take advantage of the early bird ticket pricing for our 2023 Slow Flowers Summit. The $100 off promotion expires at midnight Pacific time on December 31st. Register now to take advantage of the lowest ticket prices available for our sixth annual summit, June 26th through 27th, 2023, at the Bellevue Botanical Garden outside of Seattle. We've invited more floral experts than ever before to join our Slow Flowers Summit 2023 speaker lineup. Our summit theme is community and collaboration, emphasizing our interdependence and the amazing outcomes that happen when flower farmers and floral designers come together for a better and more sustainable marketplace. You will gain inspiration for developing a deeper relationship with flowers in your own growing and design practice. Follow the link to register in our show notes at slowflowerspodcast.com for episode 590. I hope to see you there. Our final thank you goes to Storic Cold, creators of the revolutionary CoolBot, a popular solution for flower farmers, studio florists, and farmer florists. Save thousands when you build your own walk-in cooler with the CoolBot system. 
and an air conditioner. If you don't have time to build your own, they also have turnkey units available. Learn more at storeitcold.com. Thanks so much for joining me today. The Slow Flowers podcast is a member-supported endeavor downloaded more than one million times by listeners like you. Thank you for listening, commenting, and sharing. It means so much. As our movement gains more supporters and more passionate participants who believe in the importance of our domestic cut flower industry, the momentum is contagious. I know you feel it too. If you're new to our weekly show or our long-running podcast, check out all of our resources at slowflowersociety.com. I'm Deborah Prinzing, host and producer of The Slow Flowers Show and The Slow Flowers Podcast. The Slow Flowers Podcast is engineered and edited by Andrew Brenlin. The content and opinions expressed here are either mine alone or those of my guests alone, independent of any podcast sponsor or other person, company, or organization. Next week, you're invited to join me in putting more slow flowers on the table, one stem, one vase at a time. I'll see you then. Mm-hmm.